Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Binge Watchers Mafia. This is a special halfway mark baseball podcast with me, your host for the day, Frank Malfronte. I'm here with Alex Lamport, who has returned to potting. I'm back. I'm back. In in, in short spurts, you know, um, I I, I took a hiatus from the whole thing because I'm in the process of moving from Syracuse back to New York City, um, which takes a lot of my time. But I always have time for baseball and to ignore the All-Star game and instead record this podcast. Are you you're going to watch the All-Star game tonight? I will not be watching the All-Star game. Not my thing, uh, personally. Not my thing either. Don't care about it. The All-Star break is one of the worst parts of the season for me because there's no baseball for right. four straight days. Right. And, I mean, even last night's Home Run Derby got a lot of uh, sort of credit for a new format. And I guess Giancarlo Stanton, dest- Stanton destroying Earth. But, I, I mean, I couldn't stand Chris Berman enough to put that on TV. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, this is sort of, this is actually the really dead period where it makes sense to talk about baseball instead of sitting your ass down and watching it. And the uh, the Lamport move, this is one of the most interesting developments of the 2016 season. I'm incredibly excited to have you back in the city. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's going to be great. Um, yeah. and, Good things. And now Binge that the listeners, yeah, this is, exactly. a, this is a huge development for us. Maybe some in-person pods will, as as I had long hoped for, will actually be part of our future. That would be huge. Free flowing conversations. But at any rate, so um, let's uh, let's get rid of the housekeeping, uh, listeners. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, if you could do a couple things, we would really appreciate it. The first would be to rate us on iTunes. Uh, you have the iTunes feed for Binge Watchers Mafia, but you could rate us five stars and maybe write a nice review for other people. We would really appreciate it. Helps people find the, the pod and uh, gets us up those rankings like we need to. Follow us on Twitter at BW Mafia. And of course, bookmark bingewatchersmafia.blogspot.com for all of our articles and podcasts. And uh, let's get right into it. Uh, I have a couple things that I want to talk about, but basically, uh, this is a halfway mark. Where are we now in baseball? We, I want to talk teams. I want to talk players, people that are over overperforming, underperforming, and sort of see where we are, and then think about where we're going to be at the end of the year. So uh, let's start the way we did the preseason. We talked about the AL and the NL. And we talked about a couple teams we liked, teams that we didn't like. And as of right now, I would just want to start by hammering you, Lamport. <laughs> I believed that the, the Boston Red Sox would be a good team, and you believed that the Tampa Bay Rays would be a good team. How's well, that going? Well, they're still good in theory. It's just that in practice they can't figure out how to hit. Oh, uh, uh, the old in theory. Yeah. Um, well, no, I mean, no one told me that they're just going to decide to swing at the first pitch every time someone steps up to the plate. That's a good point. Um, you know, if, if I had known that, I might have had a slightly different assessment. I also might have uh, changed uh, my opinion on the Red Sox a little bit if I had realized David, or- David Ortiz was going to rediscover his 2005 form uh, and-, and suddenly be one of the best hitters in baseball. Uh, that's probably helping a lot. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but no, no I'm, I was wrong. Oh, oh, they're I really amazing. like that team. Of course, also Jackie Bradley Jr. also becoming right one of the the top twenty best hitters in the league all mm-hmm. of a sudden, or at least for a month. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, four players on the Red Sox offense have over three WAR already. But that's who that's are the amazing. Top two, right, the real superstars. It, well, Bogarts for starters, and Mookie. and Mookie, your two favorites, right? My two favorites. Did, Listeners, I, I know you're a Yankees fan. I'm all over Frank. the Mookie, the Betts Bogarts train. Does it make you uncomfortable to have players you like so much playing on the Red Sox, being that you're a Yankees fan? Yes. I kind it's like so I love these guys so much that I halfway consider like watching Red Sox games instead of Yankees games when they're going head to head. I mean it's this that bad. Yeah, this season you kind of have to. The Yankees have been pretty uh pretty depressing. But I mean they, like obviously the the Red Sox lineup, I, I think it's the best in baseball by uh, WRC plus, um, and the, the best in baseball by a shit ton of other metrics. Just because that that lineup has no real weakness. Uh, the the one the one rough spot is catcher, but I mean in in a, in a league where where you're trotting out a, a DH instead of a pitcher spot, they're they're going to rake up a lot better than a Cubs lineup, a Nationals lineup. Uh, any other of those uh, National League super teams that you can uh, think of. And it's it's just so deep that it, it, it's just so tough to get them out three, three outs any time up against them. Yeah. Uh, and even if their pitching is a little mediocre and the Craig Kimbrell injury is uh, very upsetting for them, I don't think Brad Ziegler is the answer to any question. Uh, but... You know, that offense is going to be able to lift them at least to a wild card spot where they'll be in the discussion. Uh, But I probably sort of side with you that eventually they have to surpass Baltimore in the standings and take that division pretty comfortably. Yeah, I think – do you think that Baltimore and Boston are pretty similar teams? I think they kind of have similar strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I prefer Baltimore's pitching. I guess I prefer Boston's offense, but I think both have good offenses and okay pitching. Right. I uh, I, so, I, I sometimes oh, think ahead. okay is generous, to be totally honest. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore has been starting Mike Wright this year. Yeah. Uh, I just really like Chris Tillman, and I think... Yeah, he's solid. Chris Tillman's kind of a guy of mine, but also, like, I also really like Kevin Gossman, and he has not performed the way I thought he would so far. Yeah, he's looking exactly like Nathan Eovaldi, and I have a lot of bad things to say about Eovaldi. <laughs> I think a lot of people have a lot of bad things to say about Nathan Eovaldi. Uh, yeah, when your homers per nine is over one point five for half a season, and it doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon, uh, it doesn't matter how hard you're throwing the ball if they're hitting it over the fence. Right. Um, I also just feel, um, and I and I can really tell this from having him on my fantasy team uh, or one of my fantasy teams is that uh, Baltimore has gotten a lot more than they should have out of Mark Trumbo oh my God. this year. Uh, that guy, I don't understand Mark Trumbo. It's so weird. I, I mean, I'm not angry, but believe me, I'm, I'm not angry. angry. But uh, why are you angry? Because it's ridiculous. Eh. Um, I mean. I'm tired of it. I'm tired it, of Mark Trumbo, the first half beast. And every year being like, God, why didn't I draft Mark Trumbo? And then if this is the year that he really puts it together and hits 50 home runs, then that's just going to, you know, turn me into a suicidal maniac. Yeah. But if he is the real Mark Trumbo, which is the first half, and then he just completely falls apart, at least I can be okay with that. But his, still, you've his, gotten way more out of Mark Trumbo than you should have. 
His WRC plus is a hundred fucking forty one. I mean, he. There are times in the second half of the last two years where it looked like he should be in Double A. Yeah. And he's hit twenty eight home runs. Is that right? Mm hmm. That's ridiculous. Mm hmm. And and I mean that that's the thing about Baltimore that I think is a little different than Boston. Uh, they kind of they're a lot more home run dependent uh, to me than Boston is. Um, and maybe that doesn't matter. It probably doesn't, to be totally honest. But, um, you know, you just wonder, baseball's random. And if there's a random circumstance where Baltimore's suddenly not getting their home runs, Boston Boston could sustain that a little better and go on a hot – stay hot. And I, I do think that they're eventually going to pass Baltimore in the standings. But, I, you know, I, I think the Orioles could keep it up and get a wild card spot out of all this. They, they, they've been, they're, they're a lot of fun to watch. I can tell you that much. They have a great announcing crew, uh, love the jerseys and some of the players they have. I love Chris Davis home runs. Manny Machado is terrific. Scope is so much fun to watch play. Oh yeah. Uh, so they're definitely a fun team to watch. If they were, if we were doing a MLB.tv rankings, they'd be very high up there for me. So we, we've talked plenty about those teams, but I think, the AL is an interesting division. I think it's going to be a fun playoff race. Um, which teams do you think are in contention for the playoffs? Just list them. I uh, I think just because of lack of real competition that the Indians are going to take care of the AL Central. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, not saying that they're the best team ever, but their rotation is so good. That's going to – I think it, it's kind of – I, I, when I made my pick on the Rays, I thought their rotation was going to make the Mets light. It turns out the Indians were that team that I should have said. Um, and they're fitting that bill really perfectly. They don't hit great, but when, they're, when they have these four starters who are so uh, so good, it's, it'll probably get them over the hump in a weak division like it did for the 2015 Mets RIP. Uh, yeah. In the West, the West is weird. Obviously, Texas had this really hot streak, but I think uh, you and I sort of feel the same way, that they're sort of hitting a wall. It was really unsustainable. Like You said the run differential was like plus, what is it, 16? That's like nothing for how right. good their record is. Yeah, and they're 13th in the MLB in run differential at yeah. plus 16 right now. Yeah. And, and on the other... And they are uh, 54 and 36. Absurd. And on the other side of that, I wouldn't say Houston's surging, but they've sort of normalized after their their really awful start to the season, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, But they've they've kind of dug themselves out of that hole, at least, to the point where they're in the thick of it, both in the division and the wild card. Um, And and I guess that's what it comes down to, is which of these, like, giant jumble of teams in that wild card discussion, do you think can sneak through and get the spot? Um, I think it's definitely the Baltimore or Boston who doesn't win the division, but is Toronto going to be able to hold on? Is Houston going to get that spot? Is Texas going to get that spot? Or is one of these mediocre uh, AL central teams going to go on another hot streak and take it back? That's, that's the thing that the second wild card spot does. It puts, so many teams in this fringe discussion of the playoffs. If you right. want to call that game the playoffs, I find it hard to do. 
I feel so sorry for one specific team, and that is the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> uh, they started out really hot on an unsustainable run of pitching, just like a bunch of teams have had it. The, the Rangers had it. I believe that I believe in the Indians. Frank, I believe you that they're Frank, good. Are you saying that Matt Latos's one ERA was unsustainable? Oh my God, dude! Him and Quintana, and I've always liked Quintana. Me too. But come on, like. And so there were so many people running around screaming about how good the White Sox were in April. Buster Older, Buster Olney being one of them. Mm. And really, like, them trading for James Shields, thinking that they were good, and that he was a guy that was going to eat up innings for them. Is that, like, one of the worst trades you've ever seen? I... <sighs> I can't even. Because they're call, not even going to make the playoffs. I can't now. even call it a bad trade. Did they give up anything substantial for him? To me, giving up anything for James yeah, Shields that's and a good taking point. all the money that they had to take to get to get him. No, that's a good point. Um, I, I don't. I don't even think James Shields is like an average pitcher anymore. Oh no, he's he's way below average right. for sure. He gave up a home run to fucking Bartolo Colon. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's all you need to know about James Shields at this point in his career. Uh, yeah, if I what I watched that home run live. By the way, the high the highlight of my season so far, Bartolo <laughs> I mean, home really run. is what it's still in the top. It was in the top ten uh, plays of the first half for sure. One hundred was number eight on on MLB. I saw. It last I think night. it should be higher. Personally, yeah. I, I think I think that's the play that everyone remembers uh, fifteen years from now from this season. I think they I gave even, the ball I, and bat to the home to the Hall of Fame, right? I believe so. I, I, it deserves to be there. And now oh, he's yeah. back. Now he's back at the scene. The one interesting narrative is now he's back at the scene of the crime tonight <laughs> in the All Star game. Uh, and home field advantage is on the line. Oh my uh, god! But anyway, uh, yeah, that, it's a, it was a very dumb trade. I'm actually very happy that uh, for White Sox fans at least, uh, they ended the Jimmy Rollins experiment fairly quickly. Yeah. And Tim Anderson's on the squad now. He's he's a fun, he's a fun player. Um, but I mean, yeah, that that farm system's pretty bare. Um, and and you're and you're right that you know it was it was a really bad tease for them, and it looks pretty dreary in the long stretch if Jose Abreu suddenly isn't that great of a hitter. Yeah. Um, and I've I don't know. They're it's rough. So yeah, sorry Chicago. I know you thought you were good for a little while, but you're not. Yeah. Stop trying so hard. You're in the middle of the division again, which means you're not going to get a good pick again. Spending too much money, like this isn't this isn't success. This is what the Minnesota Twins have been doing for the last five mm. years, and it doesn't work for them. Yeah, either. look what look what happened to them. Right. Um, Detroit's kind of doing the same thing too. I mean, it's a different circumstance because. Mike Illich, their owner, is whatever eighty something years old, and he's he's going all in to say I, I'll do whatever it takes to win a title before I croak. I mean, apparently that that's the media narrative on it all. So I'll yeah. believe it, whatever. Uh, and the, that team refuses to rebuild. Also, so I think I think that tells you all you need to know about the AL Central and why I think it's going to be a pretty easy ride for Cleveland the rest of the way. But somehow. With Detroit, they keep picking the wrong players to sign. Oh, Upton. Ugh. Upton, and like, why didn't they just pay for Scherzer? Probably should have just paid for Scherzer. He's very Are good. He's kidding? very good at baseball. I know, right? Yeah. God, yeah. at least at least he's worth it. 
I know. You know, yeah. signing Jordan Zimmerman to like 85% of what you pay Scherzer for 55% of what the value is. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't run a baseball team and I, I didn't start uh, little Caesars, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. And you know, you know, you're a smart man when you started little Caesars pizza, pizza, Jesus Christ. Uh, other stuff in the AL. Um, we got the Rays. We kind of mentioned they are just in a funk. They're one and nine in their last ten. I think they're, you know, maybe ten and twenty in their last thirty. That's obviously terrible. They're not this bad. Right? I mean, the, but you the thing you told me. I remember it at the time. Is if it does go south, they're probably going to trade people. Oh yeah, that's um, true. I think Odorizzi's out. He's definitely. I think Archer control. could even be out. I mean, I I, I yeah. wouldn't be stunned if he was. Let's put it it's that such way. Such a good contract. Yeah. The Rays love like long contracts that don't cost them any money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Longoria. He's actually had a pretty good year, but really good first half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is he on the market? His tra- his contract's going to start getting more expensive. Yeah. I I think I think the Rays do have to think fire sale and. Maybe it's very depressing because they were a fun team for a while, uh, and this this could be this could be back to the craters where now I just hope they go back to those like '90s era Devil Rays uniforms and just be uh, just just get really bad again. Would that be good? I think that'd be a great idea if they changed the team name based on what they were trying to do. Like if <laughs> they're rebuilding, their they're the Devil Rays, so they're they're, re- they're, 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 win, like, they're like they're like doing the tank race. thing, the the tank thing. They're in the pits of hell. Right. So they go back to the Devil Rays. Yeah. But when, when they finally the see the light, anyway. when they finally see the light, they go to the Rays. That's not bad. Yeah. And, you know, they're only five games better than Atlanta, and Atlanta's, like, future Ugh. is a lot better because yeah. of their fire sale. So, yeah, I think this is the this is definitely the year. Well, I mean, Tampa just makes to has to make sure uh, it exploits the locals' tax money for their new stadium, and they'll be fine. That's two years from now. Yeah, they need to be like the new Chicago Cubs in two years. Right. Hopefully. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's there's not much to say about the Rays. I I was wrong. I can admit it. Uh, and and let's. Uh, I, I'm glad I didn't act, put actual money on it. I feel really bad for L.A. and for Mike Trout. Like I feel really bad for Mike Trout. Do you it's think it's really sad to be the MVP on yeah. a last place team? Yeah. Do you think, uh, and 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 bear with all the nonsense here as we maybe sort of start a segue into my preferred league, uh, do, do, do you think there's any merit to the idea that the Angels could trade Trout for, like, a godfather offer from, I, I, I guess the Cubs would be the leading contender? I, I try to think about what that would look like. And it's like Schwerber and Baez and, like, their two best AAA arms, you know, and their would take a lot. of every player on the team. I, but, you know, but, but I'm just... The I'm, owner has to get infected with Zika. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it has to be that kind of offer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's how I feel about it, too. But a lot of... It's it's just so deep, the 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 trough that the Angels are in. And and there's like no way out for Trout. If no, if I if I were him, I've I mean I would have demanded a trade already. Yeah, to me it seems like if if I was if I was the guy that had Mike Trout's contract, 
and he is, you know, one of the 20 best players to ever play baseball, mm-hmm. I would just feel bad. Like, even if it's against my financial interest, there has to be a point where you say, yeah, we could probably get a shit ton for him. He's a free agent in 2020. He's not going to resign. I will take that to the bank. Yeah. Mike Trout will not resign. Oh, of course. Angels. Why that would is, he? That is like, that's a done deal. You know, if Kevin Durant isn't going to resign with the war, with the, uh, the Thunder and they almost fucking won the title. Mike Trout is not going to resign with the Angels. So he's going to have that. to he's going to have to find a new city to learn how to grow as a man. <laughs> I, I I guess that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's I mean it's just a waste for baseball fans. Oh, totally. Really, yeah, it's to, to, to have missed opportunity. Yeah, to have the best player in in the league be on a team that's so irrelevant. And I'm not sure. I'm sure there have been instances in it in baseball in the past uh, just because of the nature of the sport, but I have a hard time believing it was ever this bad. Yeah. I have, uh, like, dreams at night where, like, the Dodgers get him. Oh, God. He just moves across town. You mean nightmares? he He and Kershaw are, like, you know, the two best players of their generation on the same team. Well... In their primes. You can have dreams. I'll have nightmares about that. But yeah, anyway. That is a nightmare scenario. Uh, but they could afford they could afford the contract and they'll just take you know, obviously, you know, you're taking the whole contract, which they, is six years, hundred and forty four yeah. million. And they do have a and fuck then, ton of assets. Oh yeah, like I would totally trade like Urias and that other guy. De Leon. Just get, yeah, De Leon. Um, I mean, I would even put Corey Seeger on the table, honestly. I I would think it's worth it. And I would be, sign Mike Trout to like a you know, extend him for, you know, seven years. Hell, if you're worried about having too many outfielders, Trout could probably play shortstop. Yeah, definitely trade Puig, right? Oh, God. If you, traded, if you could, if you gave, this is definitely a tangent, that, but we're going to do it because I think this is interesting. So if you gave them Puig, Urias, and De Leon, and like one or two other guys for Mike Trout and maybe some other clown, doesn't even matter. <laughs> Just so it's not like five to one, dude. I'm not sure the Angels say yes. You think that you think the Angels say because obviously Mike Trout, I think, has like a seven WAR already. So I mean, this is this is not the way it works, but right. they're already 37 and 52. So they could be 30 and 59. Oh God! And they, that would that would make them worse than the Twins. That would make them the worst team in baseball. And I I, I view them as the worst team in baseball. That it, but it just happens to have Mike Trout on it. And in terms of how much money they're spending, they are the worst in terms of, like, bang for your buck, whatever you want to call that. And have no farm system. Yeah, there's no other team that is in worse shape than the Angels of Anaheim at this point. Like, this is what the Tigers are going to be in four years, but the Angels are there now. And and I'm sure people listening to this know this, but it's not like basketball where, oh, you have that star, it's your centerpiece, and you can start building around that. You need more than one player to make a baseball team. Hell, you yeah. need more than five players to make a baseball team. You you need, I think, good, good, great baseball teams. I think you're looking at a dozen, at least a dozen positive, genuinely positive contributors on right. a great baseball team. And the Angels yeah. have one. Yeah. So they're really far away. Really, really far. So, yeah, I think that's the that's like, you know, sell the team. They're in the worst shape in baseball. And, yeah, it's like Mike Trout is just holding up that whole franchise. So that's where I am. All right, so 
let's let's just make some playoff predictions. Um, we didn't really talk about the Blue Jays, but they're quietly uh, fifty-one and forty mm-hmm. with the fourth best run differential in the in uh, sorry fifth best at seventy-five plus seventy-five. So that's better than Boston and the Giants. Um, and there's only going to be two teams out of that, or I guess all three could technically make it. Yeah, they but could. But then you got to take out the Astros. So uh, who who wins each division? We're saying definitely the Indians. We're checking that box. And I'm taking um, I'm taking Boston and Houston in okay, the other you're two taking divisions. Boston, Houston, and you're going to give the the wild cards to who? Baltimore and Texas. Okay. So basically, that's where the standings are at this moment, I guess, except you're flipping the Astros and the, the Red Sox for the Orioles. Yeah. That would suck for the Jays. Obviously, the Yankees are not going to make it. No shit. You know, and, and, but if you listen to Buster Olney, they're still considering whether to go for it or not. And uh, to me, I think this, is a real, this would be a really great year for the Yankees to play well, even if they could make 500 and keep that streak going because they have the longest streak in baseball of being over 500. Mm-hmm. I think they've done it the last 20, 22 or 23 years in a row, which is Damn. unbelievable. Uh, they're 500 right now. They're going to fade because they have a lot of guys that are old that are first half guys. Their whole outfield is first half. <laughs> um, Jacoby Ellsbury is going to be like a negative three war for the rest of the year. Carlos Beltran, like, I don't know what they've done to his knees, but somehow like they've turned him into some kind of automatron that can actually move, even though his outfield is still terrible. But I think they're going to trade. I would trade Beltron as well. I would trade Beltron mm-hmm. to the Indians, and I would trade... Oh, Cleveland could use him. Yeah, I, would, I think they could absolutely use a guy like Beltron, switch hitter. He could bat like fourth or fifth in that lineup. Um, and I think that makes them better. Uh, and then I think they should sell... Definitely, they're they're definitely going to sell Chapman. That's like a done deal. Yeah, and I think if if they can get someone to overpay for Miller, then they should do it. But we still have two years left with Miller. Um, do you agree with all that? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I think either Chapman or Miller will uh, make their way to Wrigley. To be totally honest, I, yeah, I, I think, think I think it makes too much team. sense. The Cubs really like that's the one weakness on their team. Yeah, uh, and they have so much to give up. They have too many guys. Mm-hmm. They need to give up some some of their uh, highly coveted prospects. And and as you know, with the Starlin Castro swap, uh, those two teams have a little trade rapport. Yeah, and you know what? I think Javier Baez at third base would be an unbelievable coup. For That'd be the pretty end. tidy. I think that would be so good. He seems like he'd be a really great New Yorker. Um, you know, he's got plenty of power, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's cutting down the strikeouts. He plays a bunch of different positions. He can, he's definitely seems like an above-average third baseman. And, uh, you know, then we could have uh, a Bird, uh, Castro, Gregorius, Baez infield. Like, that's a pretty damn good infield. Yeah. And they're all under 30. And on long-term contracts, like, that's the kind of thing I want to see. Um, and then I think getting rid of Beltron because – We've got Aaron Judge coming up next year. And then if we can figure out the pitching somehow, that would be great. But even if you can just go Red Sox and just go all young position players and worry about the pitching later, um, that's how you make a good team, I feel like, in 2016. Because we've seen, I want to kind of transition to the National League and talk Mm -hmm. about your team, the Mets, and how relying on amazing starting pitching 
while when it's good, it's the best way to win, but it's not as sustainable and it's not as uh, stable no. as if you have a good bunch of uh, position players who are three to five war players. So let's talk about the National League. Uh, and let's start with the, with the NL West and uh, what you think about Matt Harvey and where the Mets are going to finish. You mean the NL East. I, I don't think... Sorry, did I say NL, you, NL West? You did say the West, but that's NL, okay. NL East, yes. Um, I, just, I just stamp a giant sad emoji on this season. <laughs> uh, to put it simply, uh, it... I, I had I had I had held on to hope until this past week. It it it, I, it was that long, especially the the Mets swept the Cubs uh, like two two weekends ago or something. I was riding pretty high. I was pretty excited. They were starting to hit again, but they've just been killed by injuries. Not just to these pitchers, but every the the lineup that they're trotting out right now. There are like two guys who were on the. World Series starting lineup last year. Yeah. It, it has just been, and, and, you know, part of that was their own doing. Um, we'll probably have to talk about Daniel Murphy at some point on this podcast. <laughs> um, I prefer not to, but we're probably going to have to. Uh, okay. You know, that, that, was the, that was their own doing. Um, they, they made their own bed thinking David Wright could make it through an entire season, you know, with his condition and, and the way he was going and all of that. So, you know, a couple of these were their own mistakes. But stuff like, you know, Lucas Duda's back injury, which sort of came out of nowhere. Uh, Cespedes has gotten banged up a few times. Uh, Ligaris was out for several weeks. He's, a, he's an important guy in the outfield and would at least be stealing bats from Alejandro fucking Deaza. That um, is just sad. Darno Darno got hurt again, so we had to we had a, a lot more of Kevin Ploiecki than I was excited for. Um, it, 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 it's honestly felt a lot like last year in terms of the offense, and then all of a sudden the pitchers start getting hurt too. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, I think everyone has been every one of them uh, except for Cologne has been injured for at least a little bit. And, Isn't that amazing? And I think it's it's not only that they get nicked up; it's that because of because of the history with especially Mats and Harvey, there's sort of this unrelenting dread every time we hear something, even as innocuous as a bone spur, where Syndergaard can come back, you know, just fine. Um, and and it's it's almost like yes, these guys are so amazing to watch, but. Especially, you know, Syndergaard and Har- Harvey are putting so much into every single pitch. You're like, oh my god, his arm's going to fall off. Oh my god, his arm's going to fall off. Oh my god, his arm's going to fall off. Every single time he's on the mound. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Obviously, last season was a ton of fun right around. You know, it, it started happening, you know, just after the All-Star break. They were behind Washington for most of June and July. But the the deficit was not as big as it is now. The Mets are six games back in the standings. Uh, and they had all of their pitchers healthy at that time, uh, and they don't right now. And I'm, I'm wondering if – I don't think they can hold on to the playoff spot because the wild card race is too crowded. Um, with Harvey gone, um, Logan Verrett is, is not as good as Matt Harvey, even 2016 Matt Harvey. Uh, so unless unless they sell more sell more of their farm system off, 
which I don't really want them to do, uh, it's this is kind of a lost season at this point. I really have no complaints with that analysis. Um, the number of teams out of in the in the West that are in the NL that are better than them, there's that are not in first place. There's one, two, three teams at least that are better than them: the Giants, the Pirates, and the Cardinals. What about the Dodgers? Uh, sorry, I said the Giants. I meant the Dodgers. The Giants okay. are in first place. The Dodgers are in second place at fifty-one and forty. Uh, they're going to comfort. I think. I think we can comfortably lock them in for either catching the Giants somehow, or but at, at the very least getting that first wild card spot. Okay, I am not on that train. Really? Um, yeah, I don't believe in the Dodgers. Okay. Uh, I I like the Dodgers. Um, I think they're they have Clayton Kershaw, and they're fourteen and two when he pitches. So. They're fourteen and two when he pitches, and they're five hundred when he doesn't. Jesus, that's a huge thing. Yeah, um, they have some decent players, but I think you know last year was kind of a mirage because I don't believe in Justin Turner and Yasmani Grandal, and uh, also Yasiel Puig has regressed. So they've got you know some guys that I think are some decent kind of journeyman players, including Trace Thompson, but I don't believe in. They're pitching. I don't believe. I mean, they, they're getting Brandy McCarthy back, but um, right for, now for another three uh, weeks. Some of the things that I look at to kind of look at like real team strength. Um, one is run differential. We've talked about a lot, so they're eighth in that. But they're you know uh, St. Louis is third in that, and St. Louis is uh, they're they're dead even with with the the Dodgers. I do believe in St. Louis. I think they have a better offense. Um, and, it, you know, obviously if, if Kershaw comes back, then they can probably win a one-game playoff if they get one of the two wild cards. But, you know, that's if, that's if Kershaw has no more injuries for the rest of the year. Right. Because he's already been on the DL for a week. Yeah. Um, and he has to come back nice and healthy from this, too. Yeah. So, no, I see, I see what you're saying. Uh, I just think they've built uh, themselves up enough of a cushion at this point. Because you, you got to remember, all the teams that are trying to catch up to the Dodgers, they had the, even, even though they're good, they have severe flaws. Yes. Um, it's, it's like Pittsburgh, if you could combine the Pirates and the Mets, that would be fun. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, Pittsburgh's offense and still the Mets pitching, which let, let's be honest, it's still great, um, superb. Even um, it's been this year, uh, but. I, I mean, you know, the Mets can't hit. The Pirates can't pitch. The, the Cardinals, I don't really know what's wrong with them, to be totally honest. You do make a point about their 89 run differential. So their Pythag has to be much higher than where they are in the, in the uh, standings. Um, yeah, the, the, their Pythag, which basically uses run differ- differential to estimate what their record should be, it has them at 53 and 35. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, so that's huge. That's that's a good way to kind of put it all together. Um, when when I see high run differential and team not performing, the next thing I do is look at their record in one run games. Mm-hmm. So they've played twenty two one run games. They're seven and fifteen. There you go. So they should be above. They should one run one run games is one of those things where uh, it's it's kind of like streaks where uh, 
things should regress to the mean when it comes to one-run games, where you should play just about 500. Like, if you have a pretty good, if you get some luck, maybe you're a couple games over. But if if things start to really widen in one-run games, like, that's not sustainable over the long term. Like, there's no there's no choking when it comes to one-run games. It's not like teams are behind and they just stop playing. These are professional baseball players. So if you're 7-15 and 15 in that category, you're in trouble. Uh, and the Mets are 18 and 11. Oh, Jesus. So that's a problem, in my opinion. San Francisco is 20 and 10, and LA is 15 and 14. So, you know, one of the things about one-run games is that if you, if you bank enough wins and then you just play, like, you can regress to the mean and play the rest of the year at 500, but if you've banked 10 wins... That, or five wins that maybe you shouldn't have, then that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's not like it's not like because you got to, off to this hot start in one-run games, now you have to be bad in one-run right. games. But it does mean that if you look at a team like <laughs> San Francisco and you say, wow, they're 57-33, and 33. they're the best team in baseball, well, they've played the most one-run one run games at 30. No one else has played more than 20. The Mets have played 29. And everyone else is uh, right around them. But the Giants have played the most, and they have the best record in one-run games mm-hmm. of anyone in baseball. Uh, the number two is the Philadelphia Phillies at 20-9, and nine, <laughs> and they are 42-48. and, and 48. So Tells you all you need to know about the Phillies. To me, that tells me everything you need to know about the Phillies and their hot start and the, the fact the, that the they one are truly thing, a terrible baseball team. The one thing I do wonder, I mean – well, this will get in, off into way too much of a tangent, but I do sometimes wonder if there's anything to a team being well-suited to winning run, one-run games. Like, for instance, I look at Texas's 19-7 and record in one-run games, and I'm like, okay, that's absurd. Their bullpen's not even that good. Right. Uh, th- that's just total luck. Yeah. But, like, Jerry's great. I, I call him Jerry. Jerry's familiar for the Mets. Um, it... it it, their, their bullpen has been pretty solid all year. They, I, I think they only have one walk-off um, in that whole stretch of these one-run games. Oh, that's a good so, point. So what, what I wonder is, like, uh, just are there teams that are better suited to winning one-runs, one-runners as opposed to others? Yes, and I would say the two biggest factors to winning, winning those types of games, or the three biggest factors, are um, your bullpen so that you don't lose games that you should have won or lose ties. Uh, your, uh, like, what kind of depth you have on the bench for, like, pitch hitting and things like that in the mm-hmm. National League. And then, especially in the National League, it comes down to the manager. And I guess this means that I don't like Terry Collins, and I do like Bruce Bochy. Uh, so I don't think that Terry Collins knows how to manage a ball club. <laughs> I don't know what you think about that. Uh but I think he has some I severe. Am. I think he has some severe flaws in his. Yeah. Uh, I thought. I thought he uh, he ran circles around Matt Williams last year, but you know that's that's not exactly an Olympic race, right? Yeah, uh, you know somehow and, Dusty Baker has been passable. Oh God! Um, even though I just, even though they just called up Trey Turner, even though he could play literally three positions for them right now that they need help at. We should talk about Washington a little bit because yeah. they should be so much better than they are, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. the way, let's, let's bring it up, 
especially the way Daniel Murphy is played. Yeah. Like, oh my god. That's, he's, I, I don't even, I haven't heard the real, like, the real Daniel Murphy story yet. Um, there are certain people I follow that, that will do, like, these deep dives into players, and I think, I don't, and I don't know what it is, but obviously Daniel Murphy has done something. Yeah, I believe it. I, believe I, I remember reading an article on Fangraphs earlier this year that was basically explaining that he's he's a different hitter. Uh, just completely changed his and, swing, his his approach, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he he just has he 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 was always a good average hitter in his entire career with the Mets, but something with his hitting coach in New York, Kevin Long, who's still the hitting coach uh, for the Mets. They, they worked on something last year that gave him just a ton more power. And you started to see it in October, which is why I think a lot of Mets fans thought, eh, it's going to go away. But it, it's, it obviously stayed. And he's that hitter uh, now and forever. Um, and to have that at a position like second base is absurdly valuable. And, I mean, the, dude's, uh, the dude has 3.7 war. Yeah. I think he, he must have more war than Bryce Harper. Yeah, but Bryce Harper's at 3.3. Daniel Murphy has been their best hitter this year. That's amazing. Uh, so with that, with, uh, with the talent that they should be getting from uh, Turner and Giolito, with how amazing their rotation has been, the fact that Dusty Baker is so stubborn with his – stick with the veterans, continue to ride Ben Revere, who's been fucking awful God, as a ben leadoff Revere. hitter and center fielder. Or, leadoff uh, hitter. Yeah, Not that too. Not even just ninth, ninth hitter and whatever, he's fast, whatever. Um, leadoff. I think, I think the way the Cubs have come back to earth a little bit, I think Washington should have the best record in, the, in baseball, honestly, and yep. they don't. Actually, they do, I think they do have a better record than the Cubs now. They're basically even. Yeah. Um, the Cubs are fifty three and thirty five, and Washington is fifty four and thirty six. Oh, so they're right there. So the Cubs have a six hundred two winning percentage versus six hundred, which is basically the same. But I mean, I look, I look at the Nationals and I look at the Mets, and I'm stunned it's even this close. This the National League East. Yeah, uh, yeah. So honestly, somehow Washington has underperformed. Yeah. They're, where they should be because they're second in run differential and just everything else is fine. You know what I mean? So somehow they've played what I believe is like less than they're 14, 11 and one run games. They're four and three in extra inning games. And everything's fine, but, and they're just really, really good. Yep. So they're somehow carrying at least two players. I mean, I've always hated Ryan Zimmerman. So, but oh, at least he's been passable. But they're, they've got Danny Espinoza starting at shortstop. And I know he's a good shortstop, but there's a lot of guys that are, you know, the, the, the Mendozas of the world yeah. that can just play a good shortstop. But Trey Turner is going to play a good shortstop. He could also play a damn good center field. That or, you, you, or, or, or you move Murphy to third base, get Rendon out of the lineup and put Trey Turner at second base. You could like, do that. Yeah. You could do that. There are a ton of options. Honestly, I like Anthony Rendon. That's but, fine. You can like him. That's okay. Yeah. I, it, 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 it's ridiculous. It's the, just, the, the one thing we should mention, don't you think Washington wished they had Ian Desmond in center field right now? That is so ridiculous. Like, talk about Texas. That's, that's, that's it. the best signing of the year, right? Living the dream. That eight, One year, $8 million. Oh, my God. God. 
fighting. Uh, yeah, it's it's remarkable the the way he turned it around, and I'm I was happy for him because even in his uh, tumults of last year, um, a lot of which helped the Mets a great deal. Uh, I felt bad for him because I always kind of liked him as a player, and now he's just killing it, mm-hmm. absolutely killing it. Just uh, shows that you never turn down a hundred million dollar contract. Ever. Right. I right. just don't care. Like whatever, ninety five million, I'll take it. Well, maybe you'll get you know paid I mean? this time around. Yeah, I think. The next time I have a $100 million contract, I'm going to sign it to yeah. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. Okay? Um, I, th- I, think, uh, I think we're sort of getting to it, but unlike the American League, where some of the races are at least somewhat interesting, I think the three division leaders in the National League um, are really starting to separate themselves, mm-hmm. even, even though um, you can argue that San Francisco is largely based off one-run games. You, you don't seem to be that high on the... Dodgers to surpass them anyway. So yeah, I, I like the Giants top to bottom. Yeah. I like their roster. What, what what division in the National League do you think actually has the best chance of seeing a different team win it? The Central. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I guess I think the Central is the closest. I guess. Just, I mean, it's obviously not closest in terms of games, but I guess just because that there are two very talented teams within it. Um, yeah. where you you don't really see that in the other ones um i have to go with the i have to go with the east just on the premise that fine let's just let dusty baker keep managing washington into a ditch i don't have a problem <laughs> with it uh yeah fuck it i wouldn't mind if the marlins won the nl east i just don't want it to be washington yeah i, I think i don't think that's gonna that's gonna work out for you i i don't think so either but yeah it's a seven game lead um, versus, well, it's six, six and a half in the West and six in the East. Uh, don't count out the Pirates either. Yeah, I know. Uh, they played over 500, and their schedule is heavily first half lopsided. And I think over half of their games are going to be against teams that have an under 500 record. Okay. And there's, there's, only, uh, there's only one team that is under 500 in the West that's respectable, and that's the Rockies. Yeah. So they're playing... The rest of their games, like over half, are going to be against all the shitty teams. The Phillies, Braves, Brewers, Reds, Padres, and Diamondbacks, who are all atrocious. Yeah. So I think they're over 500 now. I think Garrett Cole is going to get healthier. I think McCutcheon isn't going to be this bad for the rest of the year because he has been god-awful. He has. I don't think he's a 230 hitter. He's probably not a 300 hitter anymore. But I think the Pirates are going to make a run. They're eight and two in their last ten going into the the All Star break, and I think they've got they've got room. The Cardinals are the third best team by run differential. Uh, the Cubs are first, but the difference between the Cubs and the St. Louis is the difference between the Dodgers and Miami, or Miami and Arizona. Fifty runs, mm-hmm. so that is a big difference. But. Uh, at least there's a chance for something to happen. I mean, I think you could even argue that the Cubs have underperformed based on their run differential. Yeah, this is just a bad period for the runs. I think uh, for the Cubs, they're two and eight in their last ten, and I think they're like seven and thirteen in their last twenty. Yeah, but uh, so by the end of they're not going to win 114, but they'll probably still win 107. And can't complain about that. Be the best team. Yeah. Um, yeah, they'll just be what we thought they were. They also because the Cubs had a had a stretch of ridiculous pitching as well, where right. front to fi- front to back in May and early June, you know, 
John La- Lackey, Lackey and Hamill, Hamill and Hendricks—they yeah. they were all above their heads. You're absolutely right. And I love Hamill, and I think Hendricks is fine. I hate John Lester, and he's been good. <laughs> so you know, things are okay. It's like, yeah, and Jake Arrieta hasn't been normal Jake Arrieta for again like the last month, so they haven't gotten like those easy wins the last sure. four or five starts. But I just believe in the Cubs, and they're I they're going to be fine. That they're that they're good. They're definitely going to win the division, but if there was a, it's so I guess I just said that I think the Cubs have the worst chance of not making the playoffs as a uh, a division winner. But that's just because I like the teams in their division. It's the pretty most. much a sure thing for all of them, I think. I, yeah, I think it's pretty. It's there are there's six games ahead already, and they're the best teams in their division. Yeah. So. There's no way you could say, like, well, this team's just been on a hot streak, blah, 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 blah. It's like, things are falling into place. They have the best rosters. Uh, except for the Nationals, they have two of my favorite four managers. Um, so I just think everything is good. And I think they're going to, I think all those teams are going to add. You know what I mean? The Cubs, Giants, and Nationals will all add players. I will say, when Washington's playing the Mets, Dusty Baker remains one of my four favorite managers. <laughs> at, at least, at least, at least top four. I just think like Terry Collins has had it so easy in terms of managers. I know, he man. Just can't like whip these guys the way you really should. At least, again, at least he whipped the guy last year. Yeah, you did make. I just wh- think Dusty Baker is like an average manager. I think he's. I think he's very below average. Okay, well, I, I don't think he's Matt Williams bad, but I do think he's pretty bad. He does things that don't make him a good manager. Right. He does some things that make him a bad... I, I guess there's really no... I don't know. The one thing I'll say for Dusty Baker that he does do well is he keeps his players happy. Yeah, for sure. Which I think is a big thing. He's a bad tactician. He doesn't know how to make a lineup. He doesn't know how to use his bullpen. But at least he keeps his players happy. Which is certainly more than could be said about his predecessor. Yeah. Or anybody on that team. We haven't heard a peep from the Nationals this year. Uh, so, I would love to hear some peeps from the Nationals. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. You know what I mean? For you, I, at least. I mean, no, I think everyone enjoys if Washington falls apart. I think I, I, I think more than Mets fans took pleasure in the way Washington played last year, personally. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm completely biased about that. But I, I, especially when Papelbon did the choke towards the very end of the season, I think, I think everyone enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm I'm with you. These are the three division winners, and it and it comes down to who you thinks uh, think sneaks into the wild card spots. I would give it to Los Angeles and Pittsburgh. What about you? Uh, I'm I'll say uh, yeah, I'll say St. Louis and Pittsburgh. Okay. Um. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a Dodgers hater. Yeah, for sure. That's fine. But, I don't you blame know. you. But that, you know, there's pro- it's, it's probably over overstated. But I, again, I think the Clayton Kershaw effect is real. So, um, for the last 15 minutes, um, let's just talk about players uh, that we think have performed well. We talked about Daniel Murphy. Um, I have a couple other guys that I want to flag. Um, I don't really... I think we need to talk about Mookie Betts because he's the truth. Yeah, for sure. That's fine. Um, the way, the truth, and the light, and is like a super amazing top ten player. Like, bank it. 
every year from now on. Um, same with Xander Bogarts for me. Uh, but so my first, I don't really care about Starling Marte. So my first guy is Will Myers. Oh, I was I was about to say him. It's sort of come out of nowhere, hasn't it, for him? He's he was always good. Yeah, we always knew he was good. Um, he is twenty five. So he, at least we're not saying, well, he's in the peak. He's like in the peak of where he's been in the, the majors for five years now. He's only been playing for three years, but he's definitely found it, I think. And I think this is like a five-year run now where he's going to be a top – he's definitely going to be a top 50 player. Top, And, I mean, by war, at least, he's a top 15 hitter right now. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that's amazing. He doesn't bring you much – Defense, certainly not as much as you would have hoped uh, based on his earlier profile. Um, I think them trying to get him to play center field last year, that might have just ruined him. Yeah. Uh, But he's, yeah, he's he's tremendous. Um, And it, it, I I wonder if he's going to be on the market at at some point, because obviously San Diego's not doing much. Their, Their futures look is pretty bad, and he might be the biggest impact guy to move if if uh, San Diego decides to ship him off somewhere. That would be crazy if three teams sold on him, on on him. Because yeah. I I don't think that he sh- that he should ever left the Rays. You know what I mean? Right. Like you, I mean I know he was really really bad, but I don't know. It's, there's just there's certain guys that I you just if you're like a really highly touted player and basically everybody agrees you're really good, then you just deserve a lot of time in the majors if you're not terrible. He right. Wasn't, He's ne- he was never terrible, you're he right. He was just fine. He was yeah. like, you know, whatever. He was as good as Aaron Hicks is. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Aaron Hicks is playing for the Yankees. He's playing. He's like a fourth outfielder. Yeah. And then, you know, one in five of those guys will figure it out in three years and then be like a completely unbelievable, unmovable trade piece. Like I said the the two opposite things, but I mean, like, either you trade him and you get a, a ton of things, or you say, like, this is a guy we're building around for the future. I don't know. I mean, I guess the one thing you could say is the Padres. The Padres, the White Sox, and the Diamondbacks all went in with not enough. Like, it's like they, they both went in, they had, they had a pair of jacks, and they were like, I'm going all in. Yeah. And they lost yep. all three teams. Yeah. So maybe to replenish the system, they have to do that. Maybe you have to package Will Myers to get rid of uh, Matt Kemp. But I don't know. Uh, they'll probably trade, you know, Melvin Upton Jr. A.K.A. B- B.J. Upton. <laughs> yeah, he's his his uh, his resurgence has been uh, pleasant too. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I'm a huge I'm a huge B.J. Upton hater. Yeah, well, I don't so, blame you. Um, I have to, I have to give some love to uh, Marcelo Zuna. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Whatever happened last season, yeah. no one will ever understand because he was I on don't. such a good trajectory in 2014. Um, really looked like he was poised to make this huge leap and really be the uh, the third member of that superstar outfield that the Marlins have. 2015, it just didn't work out at all. He he was completely awful. And now, all of a sudden, he might be the best one on the team. It's crazy. And he, 
doesn't look like a center fielder, but he's going to stay in center field for five more years. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's he's a, he's right. an adequate center fielder. Right. Um, and he's you know he's hitting like a corner outfielder, the way it's going. Um, that it, it's really great for uh, Miami. It's really great for my fantasy teams. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah. I just love he has a he has this kind of kooky batting stance where he. <laughs> uh, where he's, you know, how he sort of raises the bat right before he's about to swing it. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I, when I was growing up, I used to always try to imitate weird stances that I saw, like with a wiffle bat and stuff like that. Um, and this is definitely a guy who I would do that for. Uh, right. And, it, you know, it's just it's just nice to see him back back in the mix um, and an important piece for a Marlins team that – Probably won't make some noise, but still think I still think they kind of might. Uh, yeah, I'm just going down the list here. Um, for fantasy, we'll just say real quick. We, we what we didn't talk about, um, and I think maybe we'll kind of wait and do it on the next podcast. That home runs are way up across the league and steals are yeah. down. Um, so yeah, your Mookie Betts's, your Will Myers, your Fucking Eduardo Nunez's. Oh God. Uh, yeah. If you have ten or more steals, you can be really fucking good. And if you have thirty steals, you basically hit fifty home runs in fantasy, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Uh, so Chris Bryant, superstar. Don't need to talk about him. Um, Ian Kensler, don't care. But if you have, if you want to talk about any of these guys? Trumbo, can we, do, can we, we talk, talk about, about the actual? Care, can we talk about the actual best shortstop in baseball? Francisco Lindor. Oh no, man, no. This is the new '90s shortstop era. This is yeah. This is Bogarts, Seager, uh, Correa, and Lindor. These are the new '90s shortstops, and they're amazing. They're fucking dope. And maybe, I don't know if I could pick one out of, out that, of that. That could be that tough. I really but I I love Lindor. Okay. Uh, his 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 glove work is is astounding, mm-hmm. and and all of their glove work is very good. But I think Lindor is the best. Oh yeah, I, I, by, I agree by by a long shot. Like he's I'm not even sure Seager can stay at shortstop. Yeah, he'll probably have to move to third. Uh, you know, just like his brother. Too bad yeah. they won't be able to play on the same team. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, Lindor is so good there, and he's bringing he's bringing just as much with the bat. Um, That's always been crazy. Like he's I don't know Tito Francona. Like when you hear guys talk about that are like baseball guys. They always talk about like, oh, like he's making all the adjustments. Like there's like certain mm-hmm. buzzwords that you always hear, but there's, he must be making all the adjustments. Yeah. Because there's he no was never this much of a hitter in the hit. minors either. Yeah. Right. It's like, he's hitting better in the majors than you've ever seen him hit. I've, I've seen interviews where he was actually sort of saying, well, the minors bored me. So I was never <laughs> really this, I was never really this motivated to go and do it. Right. But, but now that I'm here on the big stage, I'm really locked in and focused and, you can really see it in the way he's performing. It's it's unbelievable how it is it, it the the stats have just gone up out of nowhere. He he was like we'll just take OPS. Um 2014 uh with the Indians AAA, 695. 2015 in the Indians AAA, 752. When he gets called up uh for 2015, uh 835 OPS and now this year he's he's remained steady. He's at eight twenty three. Yeah. 
So I kind of buy it. I just, I, maybe he was bored. It, it, that's that's the kind of thing that if you're quote unquote bored, that that's kind of a makeup issue for me. Where like that's that's another baseball term for like your kind of head and your heart and like kind of all the things that aren't physical. If you're not trying hard because things are too boring, I don't know. Like, doesn't that mean you're not? <laughs> He's trying hard now, Frank. That's all that matters. Is he gonna? Is he gonna? Stay, is he gonna keep trying hard? Like, or is next year when there's I don't know. The, the, the league is constantly going to keep trying to find new ways to attack him. Is he going to get complacent now and think, well, I'm just really, really good and I can, you know, we'll see. just be a good offensive hitter for the rest of my career? We'll see. I, 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 do, I do believe he's a good player. I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah, me too. I've, yeah, I've, I do believe he's like, you know, he's one of the, probably top 20, you know, one of the guys you, you'd want to start a franchise around. Uh, all that stuff. Uh, some quick, some quick hitters. Danny Salazar, amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Jake Lamb, you know, <laughs> really, where? really good. Draft him next year. He's good. Yeah, he's surprisingly um, effective. Yeah, you don't, you know, if you can't get Man Machado or um, or any of the other uh, really good, uh, like Arenado, you know, you can get Jake Lamb on the cheap. I think next year. Uh, I'd like to sell, mention sell Stephen Wright, sell Rich Hill, so hard. I, I oh agree, but I'd also like to say hasn't it been a fun ride, especially with Stephen Wright? I've really, it, it's good to have an effective knuckleballer. I've seen three of his games, and he's just so filthy. Yeah, I just don't understand how you can be that filthy. Yeah, but come on, like this doesn't last. But you know, I, I watched one where Elvis Andrus was literally sitting in the dugout and he knows he's on TV. Yeah. And he's he has his right arm and he's moving it around like tracking like what a knuckleball does <laughs> and shaking his head. He's on TV. <laughs> he, he knows. He doesn't even care. He's so pissed off yeah. about how filthy this knuckler is that he's just embarrassing himself on an ESPN. This is a national televised game. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Like, go in the dugout if you want to cry about how good this knuckleball is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just It's remarkable. Yeah. Um if if you want to talk about guys who might be worth uh, buying in terms of fantasy, I would, I would, I think Corey Kluber is very undervalued at this point because you know his wins and loss record isn't great, his ERA isn't shut down or anything like that. It's he's pretty still good. top forty though. Oh yeah, no, he's the I look, I mean, I'm talking like major blockbuster here. He's already his ADP was thirty eight point eight, and he's fortieth overall. I think he. I think the rest of the season. He could easily be, uh, like, the best. There's a chance he's the best pitcher. The you, so world. you believe he will finish higher than Salazar and Carrasco? I, I don't know where they are. I don't know where they are in terms of the stats right now. I, I just think the rest of the way, I think he's literally like just as good as those guys, and like he's not that. being valued the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, his and I think it's um. I'm looking at left on base percentages right now because that's just the number that popped up for me. Yeah. Um, his is just abnormally lower than everyone else's in sort of the upper echelon, and mm, I don't think that's no good. But, but I just don't think uh, I just don't think that's something that'll. I think that's something that'll regress, and for him in the positive sense. Okay. Uh, because I, I don't see why that's something that you know is is a reflection of the guy's character or anything like that. 
Um, I just think it's sort of random. Cluster luck. Hmm. Matt Matt Harvey, honestly, he had the same thing this year. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, um, he's always a thrill to watch. Um, Drew Pomeranz, that's great. Yeah. So so yeah like, yeah. Talk no no about I'm, no I'm, I'm not Drew. saying I'm not saying buy him. I'm just talking about guys. That, at, at this point, I'm just talking about guys who I've really enjoyed coming. Uh, out of nowhere this year. Yeah. The Pomerantz thing. Oh, my God. This is why the first week of the season, you need to be picking up guys all the time. Yeah. Like, if they have a good start, you need to pick them up the first week of the season. Because he's been good all year. And it was, like, right out of the gate. He was amazing. Absolutely. There's a big advantage to just being, like, whoever's your, you know, whoever's the the last three or four spots in your draft order, you're drafting like if there's like a really good guy who comes out of the gate hot, get him. Yeah, just snag him right away because yeah, you could get a top forty player in Drew Pomeranz all of a sudden. Ugh, I have him in like a lot. I have a, I have him in a ton of leagues for that reason. Um, I have one. Oduba Herrera. So Bye. much fun. So much Bye fun. Him got swag out the ass. Oh my god! On top of everything else, love that guy. Wish he was a New York Yankee. He would own this town. Yeah. I mean, he's a Philly. The Phillies will be good again, and he will be their leadoff hitter for the next 10 years. He is also the truth. Holy crap, he's good. Amazing on-base skills. He was always a good walker. Or, sorry, he was always a good average guy. Now he's walking, too. Crazy. Um, anybody else? Nick Castellanos, good player. Yeah, he's been. Fu- it's been a fun ride with him. Mm-hmm. Um. I think, uh, I mean, the, the, in sort of in sort of guys who I think could just get more notice in the baseball narrative if their team starts to get a little better. If if the Cardinals get start to play the way their run differentials suggest they would, I think a lot more people are going to be paying attention to Stephen Piscotty. Okay. Um, he uh, he 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 can just hit anything. Um, yeah. He 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 doesn't bring much defensively, obviously. But I think, I think he's just he, he's up there as one of the you know just best pure contact hitters in the sport, in my opinion. Um, and uh, his he's uh, a one thirty WRC plus. Um, basic isn't he basically a rookie? Basically, he's a. I don't know, second year player. Okay, I, I still, th- I still think that's a lot league, of that's a lot, that's a high place to be for someone so early on in his career. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think he deserves a lot of attention. I don't think his uh, short, his teammate Aledmus Diaz is as sustainable, but that's oh, been God. crazy. That's crazy. Can you can you believe that? Like they were worried about what what was going to happen at shortstop. They signed Ruben Tejada. They were so worried about what was going to happen at shortstop. <laughs> I know. Um, and then I guess I guess the only other one that really has really caught me by surprise and I've enjoyed is uh, Michael Saunders. Yeah. Sucks that there's so much power this year because he's good. Yeah. Yeah. He only has 16 home runs, which means he's like 50 percent worse than Mark Trumbo. <laughs> and he's been really fucking good. He's been fun. He's been really fun. He's 115th overall. And and I like I like guys who are more get on base and do something on the base paths type of players. Obviously, the home runs are great, and mm-hmm. um, 
you know, they, they at least add more scoring to the game that we didn't have in the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I saw, I saw something like, you know, the stat isolated power. Yep. I saw that the league wide number, it, it's basically the highest it's been since 2006 That's for insane. non-pitchers. Um, and it, and it went up by like, it's been up so far this year by like 12 points. Um, yeah. As opposed to last season, and then in 2014, it was the ultimate uh, low point of that. Like right now, I think it's 167 league wide, and in 2014, I think it was in the 130s. It was so low. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's been a league wide trend, obviously. Um, and you know, I like it because it brings up scoring, but. I always, you know, when I started watching baseball, I always loved the guys who did something on the bases, the the Kenny Loftons, the, um, I'm trying to think, who were, like, the really great, the, the fucking Ray Durhams, like, yeah. the, the, like those guys who were just pure base stealers, who I don't feel are around as much anymore. There, there are some, but there are fewer, because people are just down on steals. Obviously, I love steals, and I just think it's a really fun part of the game. Yeah. The bit, um, that, you know, it just keeps you interested more than you would normally. Just right. if there's a guy on first base who can steal, just makes it more fun. Like, remember how much, you were, you, you were a Yankees fan, so you'll remember this. Remember how much of a pain in the ass Sean Figgins was? Oh my god, that fucking guy. <laughs> and it's like, every time you watch a Syndergaard start, you're like, wow, he's striking everyone out. But once he gets but, on base, yeah. like, that guy could get to third. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, Carlos Santana could get to third on Noah Syndergaard. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Carlos Santana steals all day long. Carlos Santana, speed demon. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I have one more topic I just want to talk about. Go for and it. And it's sort of this is just a real quick five minute hitter. Do you think baseball has gotten more athletic in the last three years? That's a really good question. Um, I'm gonna say. I mean, this is obviously totally anecdotal, but I'm yeah, going to say it's kind of hard to say. I'm going to say I, yeah, um, and I'm not even going to look at it in terms of the position players. I think the pitchers are a lot more athletic. Jake Arrieta, right? <laughs> Starts and ends with Arrieta. Yeah, he was but, in the body issue. Yeah, well, obviously, but I mean, yeah. between him and and then there are just these Goliaths on the mound. Bumgarner's a gigantic dude. Cinder, yeah. we have someone named fucking Thor. Who throws pitches now? Yeah. Uh, Strasburg's a giant. Sales a giant. Um, I, I think. I think pitching has become a lot more, especially starting pitching, has become a lot more of an athletic endeavor, um, and that's really interesting to me. I'm not sure, and, and I also obviously bullpen guys. So you know, there's so many more people throwing. God knows how fast, um, in in terms of uh, the radar gun and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, I think that's a way more athletic endeavor. I don't know if that's the case among position players. In fact, I'm, I'm curious as to what you have to say, because I, I really just don't know. I think it's happening on both sides, and okay. I think it is very anecdotal. But um, I feel like there is, there is now that there, is, there are very few players on the, that are where – in the past, from the steroid era and even later, there were a lot of players who were very good hitters and not so great fielders. Like even like a Miguel Cabrera. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, I feel like all of the best players are amazing athletes 
on both sides of the ball. And everyone just seems like, it seems like if you just can't keep up with the raw athleticism, you're struggling. Um, right. You know, like your Jason Kipnesses and your, you know, even like your Longorias and your, I'm just throwing out names of like guys that are getting older, but I feel like just don't have the same kind of raw athletic talent. Even like your Joey Vados, you know, they're, they're not even as good as your Jackie Bradley juniors these days. It's true. I think, I think it's like the league is turning over and guys that are older are getting worse faster because the guys, there are just these amazing athletes coming up and they're all over the place. You know, I guess, Um, I guess one of the, I mean, this is tough to say, but I, I guess one way you could at least postulate, um, how athletic baseball is, is terms in defensive run saved, yeah. just in the sense of how uh, how well uh, you know guys get to baseballs and such. And this is just this is uh, this is just a quick fans fan graphs check of the last fifteen seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, this is tied for the fourth best in terms of DRS um, at negative one. Actually, the high the high was sixteen back in two thousand three. Um, but there have, there have been some real low points. Um, the, the, the last, from 2012 to 2014, uh, it was at negative 40, negative 42, and then at negative 15, it started to come back a little bit. Um, 2004, league-wide defensive run saved, negative 101. Oh my God. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it's just one way to sort of guess, yeah, I guess there are some there there are at least a lot more good fielders out there bringing that number up um maybe Adam Eaton's doing it all by himself yeah. uh, but and obviously DRS is not it's not a foolproof statistics there've been a lot of huh um in terms yeah. of what players have what figure but i i guess it's just one way to sort of give it a look and say yeah maybe maybe we are getting a little stronger in the outfield and the infield so here's the way I'll, I'll put it, but I, I like your analysis. Um, if you look at, if you just look at the ESPN player rater top 100, and you look at guys that are purely offense first, or what I would consider purely offensive first, there's only three or four guys in the top 100 that are just bad fielders. Wow. David Ortiz, Trumbo, Edwin Encarnacion, um, Nelson Cruz, who is not even that bad of a fielder? He still has a good arm, right? And then you got to go. The next guy you got you go is Miguel Cabrera, who actually also used to be a good fielder, but was never like a really, really good fielder. And then you know that now you're the the, the old. Like it's just weird that Jason Kipnis, Victor Martinez, Evan Longoria, and Dustin Pedroia are 96 through 100. Those used <laughs> to be like top 50 guys. Yeah. You know, it's just weird. And everybody in the top 20 is Altuve, Kershaw, Trout, Betts, Desmond, Donaldson, Marte. Uh, you know, Will Myers, average. I just don't think of him as a poor defender. You know what I mean? Right. He's just, he's fine. Fine. You know what I mean? And, and so some of those guys are really great defenders. That's just one of those things, you know? Yeah. Chris Bryant, average defender. He'll probably be a bad defender when he's 33, but he's still young. Yeah. And again, what I'm talking about is just 
athleticism in baseball is as high as I've ever seen it. It kind of speaks to a new, just a new generation of players mm. um, being able, to, you know, being able to be young and run around and get to baseballs, as opposed to, you know, maybe five or so years ago we didn't have an. I think it's fair to say we have a golden generation of position players right now coming up. I, I really like there are so many talented guys yeah. coming up right now and sort of emerging as stars that I didn't feel was the case. Basically, you know, I didn't feel this good about the young position player crop. Uh, I haven't since I started watching baseball at all. The last time was the the Jeter, Garcia Parra, Rodriguez. Yeah. That, that that crew, um, and now I sort of feel good about it again. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's very encouraging for the sport, um, it, despite the depression that the Mets have uh, put me in. It's been a lot of fun to watch so far this year. And the Yankees are the same way. If you talk about athleticism and you talk about superstars, the Yankees have nothing that's <laughs> ready to do that right they have no you know i if i had nolan arenado and manny machado on my team i'd watch so many more games oh my God. just to watch them they're so good francisco lindor jose altuve those are the people i want to watch i don't i don't want to fucking watch mark to anymore i just can't handle it the chase the thing though, the thing though, I wasn't sure I ever wanted to watch Mark Teixeira. I never did, but he was—he's a—he's even a good first baseman. But being a good first baseman doesn't mean you're a good athlete, right? It means you have good like eye coordination and you just like know what to do. You know, how to yeah. be in the right spot. Blah 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 blah. But I can't watch Beltron and Jacoby Ellsbury is already terrible. You know, these were guys that were good athletes a couple of years ago, and they're still our best athletes. Mm-hmm. So. I just want to. I know we're closing on a tough note, but I like where baseball's at. I think it's going to be a really interesting second half. There's a lot of stories. There's a lot of good teams, um, and any you can watch any game among teams that are above 500, and I feel like you're going to be watching a really, really stellar game. Yeah, I there's agree. at least one of those per day. I think teams that are under 500 just get rid of them. All those teams don't watch any of those games. Doesn't matter, even if you're a fan of the Mets. If they're playing the Brewers, just watch a better game. And you'll just have more fun. I agree. Because that's where we are right now in baseball. But it's a good time to be a baseball fan. The NBA season was really good, but I think baseball is in really good shape in 2016. Yeah. And uh, if you stayed to the end of this podcast, you must be a baseball fan. <laughs> so, so, so just keep watching. That's what I yeah, have to say. Keep watching. And uh, this, we had a lot to say. That's why this was so long. But hopefully we'll get back before the three-quarter poll. Maybe once a month. We'll just talk about baseball a little bit more. Sure. All right. Loved it. Would love it. Listeners, thank you so much. Uh, go back to the beginning of this podcast and uh, definitely follow us. Definitely rate us. And definitely keep watching and keep following the Binge Watchers Mafia blog. Because we're going all in right now. I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot more content going up on this site once in a while than there used to be. This is no longer just a Game of Thrones channel. We have a lot to offer. The King's back. He has to write about fish. I know. So many times. I haven't seen a, I haven't read a good fish article in like my entire life. Well. But geez, I've just been hankering for that. Well, (laughs) you know where to go. I know where to go for all of my fish concert 
review content. Binge watchers, mafia.blogspot.com. Thank you very much.